continue the series that I started a few weeks ago about like, subscribe, share. How many of you remember like, subscribe, share? Just raise your hand, it was two weeks ago. Awesome, your memory is getting so much better. Excellent, excellent. Sometimes I would say that, no one raised their hands and I was like, that was just two weeks ago, that was just two weeks. Like, subscribe, share. I started with like and subscribe and how we fall in love with Jesus and then God's desiring commitment, say commitment. All in. That's the only way this thing works, right? You can't keep one foot in your old life and one foot in a new life. That's just deception. That's, that's not the will of God. We go all in. And today we're going to talk about sharing. Say sharing. So I'm going to ask our uh, guest services if you'll come on down with the treats we have for everyone. Do I have our guest service in the room? Are they ready for us? Yeah? We love our guest service team. Thank you, guest services. So today we're going to talk about share. How many of you like Starburst? Starburst, yeah? So you can bring the lights up a little bit. I'm going to come down here. You can begin passing them out. That's fine. Because here's what we're going to do. When I was a kid, when I had something good, my mama told me that I needed to share it. How many of your parents taught you to share that way, right? If you had a cookie or a couple of cookies, they would say, hey, you need to share one of those with your brother or sister. And that was hard for us. Come on. That's where the first demons came out. You know, and our parents knew that. That's when we were casting out those devils. So when we knew that uh, selfishness was a real thing. I remember when I was a kid, my mom would say, it's always my mom. I don't know, my dad, my dad was a good man. He is a good man, but uh, it seemed to be my mom. She'd be like, you need to share your toys. How many of that was hard? Sharing a toy, that was hard, right? You didn't, you didn't know how bad you loved that toy till someone else was playing with it, right? And then all of a sudden that was the most important toy that you've ever had in your life. So we were taught to share our toys. The point is this, we were taught to share things with others who didn't have that same experience. They didn't have what we had. And the solution for that or the habit our parents were putting into us was don't just keep something good to ourselves. Do you hear where I'm going with this? That's not all right. It's not all right to sit there and just say, well, I'm feeling good, I'm enjoying my starbursts and you should just watch me chew on it and you should just salivate over that starburst and let me tell you how good it is, but I'm not gonna give you any because it's my starburst. So here's what we're doing. The reason we gave you two, by the way, there's two in that pack for a reason. Open it, take one. What do you think I want you to do with it? Share, Share it, all right, good job, good job. We are wanting to practice already. I know some of you already have two starbursts in your mouth. Take one out. Just kidding, put it back, put it back. But we gave you two Starbursts to practice what we're preaching this morning, to share immediately, to give something good away, to give something good away. You know, sometimes when we go to a good restaurant, we like to bring people back to that restaurant. How many of you are like restaurant evangelists? Raise your hand. You try a good place and it's on your Facebook within 30 seconds. We take pictures of our food and we want the world to see it. We wanna say, this is a good place. And here's the other thing. How many of you also can warn the world about a bad restaurant just as quick, right? Absolutely. But when you experience something good, a good movie, you're like, man, you need to see that movie. You experience a good restaurant, you experience a good, just a good experience. Art desire is to let other people know about it. And that's what I want to bring us back to today in our conversation about sharing. 
For some reason, I believe there's some negative internal subconscious dialogue inside of our minds that we need to kind of attack with the Word of God today. Some of that dialogue is this, that we only share because we're afraid if we don't share, we're gonna get in trouble for not sharing. And that's not a strong enough motivation. Fear is not our motivation. Somebody say amen. Now it's true, if we don't share, there is genuine loss on the other side. Lives are on the line on the other side. And what you know and don't share is gonna hurt other people. But our motivation for sharing is not fear. Our motivation for sharing is love. Our motivation for sharing is because we have liked and we have committed to the Lord and we have seen him do something in our lives that it is not right to just keep it to ourselves. It is so good. And just like I wanna share the candy or I wanna share the restaurant, why wouldn't I wanna share what Jesus has done in my life? But I'm sharing, I wanna remind us why we share and, and that you're capable of sharing. If you can be a restaurant evangelist, if you can be a coffee evangelist, if you can be a movie evangelist, you better be a Jesus evangelist. Come on, somebody, right? So sometimes we get images in our mind of sharing as going up to someone's door, knocking on it. We don't know them, they don't know us. And we're put into an old mindset of that's the only way to share. You know, culture changes, society changes. At one time, people lived on their front porch. Now, if someone knocks on your front door, you turn off all the lights and you drop to the floor and you hope nobody <laughs> saw you do it. It's a little different. That doesn't mean you can't go door to door if God calls you to do it. But what I'm saying is, how do we share in this generation? How do we brag on Jesus, which really is what sharing is. And sometimes we look at the second internal dialogue or subconscious narrative, which is this, to share Jesus to someone else or into their life is some sort of a negative interruption. And we don't wanna bother people. Are you hearing me? You say, well, I don't, I don't think that, but I think if you were to pause and say, why don't I share at, at work? Why don't I bring up and talk about Jesus? Now, obviously we wanna be good workers. If you're supposed to be working and you're stopping and sharing, get back to work and share when it's an opportune moment, amen? But this idea that somehow you're negatively interrupting their life and they may not want to hear it and you're intruding and all this stuff, it, it puts us in a position of fear. It puts a muzzle on our mouth. And my friends, you are not bringing them bad news. You're bringing them good news. Amen. Amen. And they don't know what they don't know. And so, yes, you may be interrupting their day, but what a wonderful interruption. If I interrupt your day and give you $10,000, will you be offended? Thank you. Neither would I. We're very similar in that aspect. We have so much in common. But do you hear this? The world tries to make us be afraid and to pull back and, and we don't wanna bother anyone and we don't wanna interrupt them. And, and this will be maybe an unwelcomed interruption. And so we think more about why we shouldn't share than why we should. And we let that hinder us and we let that prevent us from telling someone how to be forgiven of all their sins, of how to come out 
from any bondages and addictions and oppressions that the devil would put on their family and put on them. We're interrupting them to tell them how when they die, how to have eternal life and not death. What a wonderful interruption. We're interrupting them, introducing them to the presence of God in their everyday life, not just when they go to heaven one day. We're interrupting them in order to partner them with the Holy Spirit who'll help them in their business, who'll help them in their marriage, who'll help them in their health, who'll help them in their finances. We're connecting them to the very spirit that made the universe, the very God that made the universe. What a wonderful interruption. Somebody worship Jesus for that. That's good news. Amen. Sharing should come for love for our love for God. You're not afraid of God, you're in love with the Lord. We love him because he first loved us. And, and everything we do, whether it's sharing or praying for people and ministering, it all needs to be motivated through love. Because you can even work in the power gifts, but if you have not love, it's all in vain. Amen. So again, the posture is not I'm sharing Jesus be- to you because I'm afraid if I don't, God's mad at me. I'm sharing Jesus with you because I love him and because I love you. Amen. I love you. Boldness, let's talk about boldness. Because the Bible talks in a couple passages about individuals who prayed for great boldness. And I believe in boldness. The Lord gave me an image one time about boldness and about this kind of courage in sharing and rescuing other people. First of all, I want us to understand you're genuinely rescuing people from the kingdom of darkness. Sometimes they don't look like they're in darkness because they drive a nice car. Sometimes they don't look like they're in darkness because they make a lot of money. But if you don't know God, you're in darkness. He is light and without the light, there is no light. How great is that darkness? And the truth is without God, they don't know good. As good as they think their life is, there's only one good and that's God. And so without God, whatever they're experiencing turns to nothing. And it's not good until there's God. Come on church. We have to remember these things because we feel like they don't need it. Every soul needs the Savior. Every human being needs the good news of Jesus Christ. They need to have the opportunity at least to make a decision. But if we don't share, then they're at loss. And genuine negative ramifications are on the other side of that. We have to remember that. It's not, a bit, it's not like we're just not sharing our philosophy. We're just not sharing our religion. It's, just, it's not their thing. This is about life or death. This is about life and death. Boldness, courage. He gave me the picture of a burning building and a mom on the outside. And her child is inside that building. What do you think the mom's going to do? She's going to run into that building. Amen? No firefighters, nothing's going to hold her back. She's going to run in there and she's going to rescue her child. Now, was she motivated by just boldness or was she motivated by something deeper? What was she motivated by? Love. And that deep love created great boldness. That deep love created great courage. That deep love for the other people helped her to disregard whatever ridicule, pain, suffering she might have gone through because she was thinking about them and she cared more about them. Somebody get excited about that. That's what we're talking about today. This is not about guilt-driven evangelism. This is not 
just trying to be bold for the sake of you saying, look how bold I am. This is about you being so in love with other individuals and so in love with God that you cannot stay silent any longer. And great boldness and great courage comes from that great love you have for your family members, for your coworkers. And God, may you even give us great love for people we've never even met. Or maybe we'll just meet them for the first time. And in that moment, you activate great love. And by loving them deeply, I stop looking at myself because I see them. How many times do we walk into a room, we walk into a classroom at college, we walk into the campus and we're so self-conscious, we cannot be the messengers of the gospel we're meant to be because we're thinking about ourselves. But you walk onto a campus and you start seeing them. You start seeing how God sees them. You see their potential, you see their gifts and you fall in love with who they are. And for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. And you have so great love for your coworkers and your boss and the people that you meet in your neighborhoods. You're such a love. That love compels us to share. Amen. Share. What does it mean to be a witness? What does it mean to be a witness? Can I get a witness? Somebody say yes. Can I get a witness? How come Josue gets the organ? I don't have an organ. That would be a great place for a little what a Can I get a witness? What does that mean to get a witness? To be a witness, again, all these images, standing on the street corner with a megaphone and a sign, judgment is coming and you're gonna burn in hell and all that kind of wonderful stuff. Can I be a witness? When you have a witness in a court of law, it's as simple as this. They just share what they've seen. They share what they've heard. Can we break that down for a minute? Tell them what you've seen, tell them what you've heard. It doesn't have to be this perfect script, like I don't know the whole Romans road or I don't know the great, you know, persuasive conversation. Some of these evangelists, there are some people who are so good and so anointed and I totally understand that. But don't judge your ability to share based on someone else who's been gifted or called into a specific evangelistic style. You have something to say. You have seen some things. You have heard some things, just be you. Share it on Instagram, share it on TikTok, share it on Facebook, share it at the lunchroom. Don't stay silent, when something good happens, we give it away, we share. It's natural in all these other areas, let it become natural again in our lives when concerning Christ. That's good stuff. You share your story, write that in your notes. Share your story, your story of what the Lord has done your story. And another thing we share is our gifts. You share your talents, you share your abilities to help other people. And God will use that to bring his gospel, his good news into their lives. You share your story, say story, Story. share your gift, say gift. A couple examples. Let me give you a few examples in scripture today. A couple examples of people sharing their stories and their gifts and how God used that to make the world better, to set people free, to bring people to Christ, to bring them out of bondages into freedom. A couple Bible stories, are you ready? First one, the woman at the well, John chapter four, verse one through 42. I won't read it to you, I'll read some scripture in a minute. I'm trying to open up some time here, so I'll, I'll get, I'll, you'll know why in a second. John four, one through 42, there was a woman who had been married five times. Jesus meets her at a well outside Samaria. He has a conversation with her. The disciples aren't there. 
he begins to reveal to her her life story, begins to talk to her about the things of God, she gets greatly impacted by Jesus. She had a personal experience with Jesus. And what did she do? The Bible says she went back to town and she told everybody about a man that she had met and knew everything she ever did. Are you hearing? That was that simple. And a mighty move of God happened because she went and shared her story to her city about her personal encounter with Jesus. And I love that she might've been a woman who maybe was on the outside of social society because of her history. But she couldn't keep it to herself. She, there was probably even some fear of opening her mouth in the crowd or in the city because she had been kind of shunned because of this journey she may have had with all these men. Are you understanding this? But in that moment, she didn't become self-conscious. She was conscious of the Savior. Somebody get excited. And she decided, this is too good to keep to myself. So I'm gonna go back into that town. I'm gonna risk ridicule. I'm gonna risk persecution. And I'm gonna talk to them about a man that I met. And she changed that city. You say, Jesus changed that city, but he, he used her. He didn't use her in a bad way. He, she was the door to open that city. You hear me, church? The woman at the well. Another one found in Acts chapter 9, verse 36 to 42. Acts chapter 9, 36 through 42. There's a lady named Tabitha. Pastor Jeff, Tabitha, huh? There's a little plug. We love our Tabitha's ministry here, which is our ministry to widows. And the vow just had a massive revival this last weekend. Can we thank God for a beautiful move of God? Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday morning. I was able to attend the Thursday night and I myself was blessed. They were singing, standing on holy ground. I was kicking off my shoes. I was standing on holy ground. And I said, Holy Spirit, fill me again. May you be open to those opportunities and not just stand there singing songs, amen? Separate conversation. Tabitha. Tabitha was a lady who was so generous with her gifts. She would bring food to the poor, she would help the needy, and she would make clothes for other widows. And she was so impactful because she shared her gifts. Say gifts. Yes. See, the woman at the well shared her story. Tabitha was loving people with her gifts, loving them into the kingdom with her gifts, bringing them food, making them clothes. The Bible says that when she died, people were so sad about it, they tapped the apostles on the shoulder and said, you need to raise her back up. We're not done with her. This world needs her a little longer. Come on. And that's because she was sharing her story and she was sharing her gifts with people, sharing. She couldn't just keep her talents to herself. She was able to use them and God took those gifts that she gave away and opened people's hearts to the gospel. Amen. We may not realize the impact of sharing with your family members or coworkers. I'm gonna give you two, two more stories. One shared with a family member, one shared with a coworker. And it completely not only changed their lives, it changed the world we live in. Are you ready? First one. First one's Peter. If we open our Bibles now to John chapter one, let me read this passage to you. John chapter one, we're gonna look at verse 40. John chapter one, verse 40. We're gonna talk about Peter first. John chapter one, verse 40 through 51. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. And we're talking about sharing with your family now and sharing with coworkers. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard that John had said, what John had said, John the Baptist, and then he followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, that would also be Peter, and told him, we have found the Messiah, 
Andrew brought Simon, his brother, to meet Jesus. Are you following this line of thinking, church? Andrew saw Jesus. Andrew followed Jesus. Andrew went and shared with his brother because he couldn't keep this from his brother. So he brought his brother to Jesus to experience him for himself. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. So they were all from that hometown. Philip went and looked for Nathaniel. So now here's Philip and he po they possibly all grew up in the same town. Philip was possibly a fisherman in the same area as Nathaniel. So there's a good chance that they fished together at some point, or at least were aware of each other's companies or businesses. But Philip was friends with Nathaniel. And Jesus met Philip, Philip met Jesus. And what did Philip do? He had to share it with his friend. He had to share what he had seen. He had to share who he had encountered. He didn't keep it to himself. And he went and brought his friend, Nathaniel. Are you hearing me? And he told him, we have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Now, Andrew was a little critical in the beginning. He says, Nazareth, <laughs> exclaimed Nathaniel. Can anything good come from Nazareth? How many of you have that sarcastic friend? Anybody, don't raise your hand, put that down, that's fine. But you know, you're nervous to share with them because they, got a, they have a bit of a quick wit, quick tongue, a little judgmental. But notice Philip, he's like, no, you need to meet the Lord. Come and see for yourself, he said. Philip replied as they approached Jesus, or Jesus replied as they approached. He saw them coming to him. Jesus said this about Nathaniel. Now here is a genuine son of Israel a man of complete integrity. Nathanael says, how do you know about me? Jesus replies, I could see you sitting under a fig tree before Philip found you. Do you understand that Jesus already has his eyes on your friends and sees them right where they are before they ever come to church, before they ever pray a prayer? And one of the reasons he sends you is because you're a part of that person's journey. He has them on his mind too, not just you. He knows who you're connected to. He knows your influence. And he wants to love not only you, but he wants to love through you to get to all his children. Amen. I saw him, he said. Before he ever came here, I saw him. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you're the son of God, the king of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe just because I told you I had seen you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You'll see heavens open and the angels going of God going up and down on the son of man, the one who is, in, who is the stairway between heaven and earth. Peter ended up being the leader of the first church, the early church. He was the lead voice. Peter was also the one that opened the door for the Gentiles to come to Christ by hearing the gospel for the first time. Do you realize if we were not naturally born Jewish, that would put us in the category of Gentiles, that every single one of us in this room who have found the Lord, who've been forgiven of our sins, who have our names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that all of us were impacted because Peter said yes to Jesus. But before we just say hallelujah for Peter, Andrew shared with Peter. What if Andrew never shared with his own family? What would the world have missed? 
See, we're like, well, that's just my brother. It's just my sister. We grew up with them, you know what I mean? I know them, I know them. God cannot do anything with them. And we also know Peter was a bit of a hothead, but the Lord already had a plan for him. But sometimes we don't appreciate the power of sharing anymore. And that this whole kingdom works by one person sharing to another person. And inside of that person could be the whole next generation. You have no idea who you're talking to in that moment. Do not write people off and do not withhold the message because of fear. Philip shared with Nathaniel. History tells us that Nathaniel traveled all the way to Persia, India, and even Armenia. And the gospel went to that entire region because Philip told his coworker about Jesus. All of them were martyred and they laid their life down for the message and for the, the savior who had touched their lives. But I just want us to see, imagine if Andrew was too scared. Imagine if Philip, now I don't know that they weren't scared. We, we think that, oh, they're just so bold, they're so courageous. I think they just love their brother. I think they just love their best friend and they had experienced something really powerful and they knew that we were all searching for something and now they found what they were searching for. And they went and shared it with the persons, that, the people that they loved. Here's what we're gonna do for a few minutes. I'm gonna ask my, some of the pastors I've already worked with to grab some microphones. I got a little bit of time. And we're gonna open this room up for some testimonies. I'm gonna lead you in this. I've never done this before in this environment, but I'm gonna trust the Lord that he has some powerful things to say to his body that weren't rehearsed by us, but are just genuine experiences that people would have. Would you like to hear a few stories and testimonies today? Is that all right? Go ahead and just celebrate that if you would. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, that they defeated the devil, defeated the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their what? Testimony. Testimony. They shared their stories. That scripture continues to say, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Fear will most likely be the reason why people don't share. It's not because God hasn't given you a testimony, but rather fear of others rejecting you or some sort of self-preservation that fear is what'll shut you down. But I love that verse because it said they overcame the devil by the blood of the lamb, the word of their testimony, but then it says they didn't love their life so much that they weren't willing to die for it. You have to get over some level of fear. If you're waiting for God to take the fear away before you share, that's not gonna happen. You just need to share. Love, love more than you're afraid. There's a movie and then we'll open up the microphones. I'm not gonna open up the microphones. We're gonna work this out orderly. Thank you very much. My daughter, when the twins were born 18 years ago, um, one of the things I always wanted to do was sit and just watch a daddy-daughter movie with her. And so I remember having, I even have a photo of this. She was less than a few months old, just a couple months old. And we sat and our first movie, daddy-daughter movie that we watched together was Princess Diaries. Anyone ever heard of Princess Diaries? Raise your hand if you've heard of Princess Diaries. All right. There's a quote. I'm actually gonna quote Princess Diaries in a gospel sermon. Somebody get excited about that. Oh, now I get an organ. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. So Princess Diaries, there was a king. His name was King Rupert. And he had passed away, but he had written a diary to his daughter about becoming queen one day and knowing that she would be scared. And this is what he said about courage. And I thought this was appropriate. He said, courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the awareness 
that something is more important than fear. Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the awareness that something is more important than fear. You may not, you, you may still experience feelings of fear when you share, but may you be aware that something is more important than those feelings that you're feeling. Are you understanding that? So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna, I'm gonna call those pastors for, where are my pastors with the microphones? Let me just see where you are. Pop up wherever you are. One, two, three, perfect. My first category that I'm gonna ask anyone in the room, uh, we'll stand up in a, in a large group and we're gonna pick just a few and have you share. Who has a testimony of someone bringing you to church and you met Jesus there? Would you just stand to your feet just so we can see? Who has a story? Go ahead, don't be afraid. Actually, even if you are afraid, stand anyway. Stand up. Someone brought you to church and you received Jesus at church. Go ahead, stand up. Would you give them a hand? Awesome. Look at that. Someone brought you to church. Someone was courageous enough to say, come with me to church. Pastor Carolyn, why don't you start us off with a testimony? Yes, I have Amy here who's got a testimony to share. Good morning. Good morning. So I was raised Catholic, and my husband, who is homesick right now, but he is watching, um, he was raised Presbyterian, and um, I went through being baptized, making my first communion, my confirmation, and I found the Catholic Church very ritualistic, and I didn't really feel a connection to it, and... Um, Myself, I stepped away from the church and figured, oh, I can just have a personal relationship with God and that'll be enough. Um, my husband similarly ended up going through a lot of difficult times and stepped away as well. And uh, about two or three years ago, um, we met this lovely woman sitting next to me. <laughs> Ironically, we're sitting together today, but um, this is Miss Rich Creek. She taught our son VPK, and she was very faithful and um, always positive, and through the years, we've kept in touch, and anytime I had something that I was struggling with, I would reach out to Miss Rich Creek, and she would kind of make it better, and she asked me for several months, why don't you come and join me at my church? I think you'd enjoy it. And I was like, eh, maybe one day. Um, but this past Easter, she asked what I was doing, and I said we didn't have plans. She said, do you want to come? And I said, all right, I'm just going to say yes because I can't keep stalling her. Um, and I walked in, and from the minute I walked in to the minute I walked out, I had tears in my eyes because it was the message and the answers to all the questions and all the doubts I ever had. Yeah. And especially learning about the resurrection and what Christ was and everything that I was missing in my life. Pastor Kevin, you were able to give the answers with the proof. Um, and I walked out and my husband and I said, let's come back next week. Mm -hmm. And that next week was all about um, fighting to forgive. And that was something we had to work through as well for personal experiences. And we just kept on coming back and coming back. and it has become such a emotional connection to this church. Amen. I ended up signing up to be baptized at the last baptism. My husband did the same, neither of us told each other and we found out that morning we were doing it together. <laughs> and so I feel like we were brought to the right place to get the message that we needed. And it's because Miss Rich Creek shared her experience in her church and I'm glad to now say that this is my church and I'm excited to see what you Amen. all and God give to us. Amen. Awesome. Why don't you guys have a seat? 
The rest of you have a seat. I got a couple more categories and I wanna make sure I get into each of these categories. Thank you for being willing and what a powerful, that testimony right there summed that whole thing up. <laughs> Praise God. The next testimony group I wanna ask you is if somebody, you either shared Jesus with someone outside of church or someone shared Jesus with you outside of church and you saw God show up. Would you stand in the room? Please just stand up wherever you are. Boom, boom, look at all that. Someone shared Jesus with you or you shared Jesus with someone and God showed up. I think Pastor Eric, where's Pastor Eric? Pastor Eric, you wanna start us off? Good morning, Pastor. <laughs> Good morning, son. <laughs> That's literally my son, one of my sons. <laughs> Hello, happy Sunday. So basically a couple years ago, uh, I went to a Wednesday night service. Shout out to Wednesday nights, it's really fun. If you have any kids, bring them to Wednesday nights. So I, on a Wednesday night service, there were prophetic words and they would give prophetic words to all these children. They would go up in lines and one of, well, a part of my prophetic word was that I would help others mentally and physically without even knowing it or just not knowing the, like, the sheer severeness of it. And so the next day, I went to bed, and then the next day I went to school, and then there was this kid, his name was Tyler. He was not doing very well, and he had cuts all over his arms, and he was not in a very good place of his life and I noticed that and I just asked what was happening and he was like cracking jokes about it acting like it was nothing and so I invited him into my friend group because he didn't sound like a very happy person and I didn't see him much longer after that and so I would just pray for him every single night as much as I could and I saw him every once in a while one time he was sitting in the corner and he was crying his eyes out and I just prayed for him for that moment and I didn't see him longer after that because I switched schools. And then I saw him eventually hanging out with a new friend group and I asked him what was going on and he eventually started going to church again and he had closer relationships, so. That's awesome, that's great, great story. I did. <laughs> Proud of you, buddy, that's awesome. Let's try another group real quick in the room. Who has a testimony that Jesus has healed your body. Would you stand up? Somebody today, anyone in the room, you have experienced the healing power. I see hands going up. Go ahead, stand up. Even if we don't get to you, you represent so many stories in this room. Amen. Jesus is alive. Look at all these. Pastor Brian. Hello. Well, I have Ingrid here with me. Ingrid, tell me your story. Um, back in February uh, 2021, I woke up coughing and not feeling too good on a Friday morning. So I texted my boss and told her I'm not coming in, I'm not feeling good. I progressively started getting worse. And my husband took me to the hospital. He took me to the emergency room and they ran a CT scan and also they did the COVID test. That was pure torture. <laughs> And so, um, so they ran the CT scan and they came back with the results that I had pneumonia. So they moved me to the COVID floor until I got the results of the COVID test. 
which probably by four o'clock the next morning, they, it was negative. Um, the doctor came that afternoon and told me this isn't right, you're showing symptoms for COVID, you, you know, you got pneumonia, and we're gonna run more tests. So they took another COVID test, which they took out my brain. And so, um, uh, so I spent another day there in the COVID floor and they came up with the results that I was negative again. So they moved me to another floor, and at that point I was taking short breaths because it hurt to breathe in deep. Um, I was lying alone in the room, it was Sunday morning, so I started watching the service on my phone, and Pastor Manny was leading the service that day. And um, he, it was about healing. Mm -hmm. And so um, he started a prayer, and in the meantime, I'm taking short breaths because it hurt. And I'm praying with him, and involuntarily, my, I just took a deep breath. And I just stood there shocked because it hurt. But then I sat up straight in bed and started taking more breaths, and it's, the pain started going away. And... Um, I was like, I started praying and praising in the room. The nurses probably thought I was not going nuts in that room. And um, that evening, um, the doctor examined me. And he says, you sound, you sound great. Um, I'm going to let you go home. A week later, I did a follow-up with a pulmonologist, and he's looking at the results of the CT scan, and He's like, you don't have pneumonia. He's like, your, your lungs are clear. You, you don't have pneumonia, so. I have another category I want to see if, just if you'll stand just to testify. Who here in the room has experienced the Lord restore your marriage in some capacity? Would you stand? Just be willing to be a testimony that Jesus restores marriages. Look at over here. Awesome. Anybody else? Back there in the back, up here in the front, here in the middle. Can we celebrate Jesus being the restorer of marriages? <laughs> Carolyn, can you come up to Amy? Amy, would you be willing to just say a sentence or two? Would you be willing to say a sentence or two? However, yeah, just a sentence or two on marriage, how God restores marriage. Go ahead. You want the whole testimony or just a sentence? A couple of sentences. <laughs> I got, we have one more thing we need to do before we end. Oh my gosh. So how I ended up here at Calvary, I had been working in another ministry and I had burned out completely. It affected every part of my home, including my marriage. The pastor at the time, George Cope, my daughters were attending here first. Let me give that little backstory. He wondered where my daughter's parents were. Mm. I had these two amazing daughters that were serving. And um, so I showed up and he took me under his wing and he called my husband into his office and we started counseling and our marriage was restored. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Amy. Excellent. Thank you. And one last category and then I'll close. 
Can anyone in the room stand and say that the Lord has delivered you from an addiction of one kind or another? Would you stand in the room? Hey, hey, look at that. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, here too. Amen. Where's Eric? Pastor Eric, are you still around with the mic? Right there. Would you give us just a quick testimony? Praise the Lord, yes. Uh, the Lord set me free 20 years ago from um, drugs and alcohol abuse. Um, I was really uh, that individual that I thought I was going to die a cocaine addict um, until um, various sets of circumstances led me to the Teen Challenge Ministries. Um, hey. Amen. The 18-month program, um, the Lord uh, really... Um, um, transformed my life. I ended up staying within the ministry and serving for uh, over five years. Um, came out, uh, married uh, this uh, beautiful young woman uh, by my side, and um, just loving the Lord and what He's doing in my life now Amen. here at the Calvary. Amen. 20 years later. Amen. So I want to just give you a variety of stories. Share your story. It will open up someone's life. And look what happens when someone hears about Jesus. When Jesus sets in, all of their lives went forward. All of their, the stuff that was hindering begins melting off. The, the, the authority of the enemy in their life begins to be defeated. We must open our mouths again. Why don't you stand real quick? I've got, I just got, now I feel like I got a ministry moment in my spirit. So put your hands up in the air and let's begin to pray. We're about to end this thing, but I need to release you and release your mouth. Calvary, church member, child of God, it's time for you to open your mouth wide again. You have something to say. You have a word. You have a breakthrough. You have someone's future in your mouth. And out of your belly, I pray, rivers of living water begin to flow. We will no longer be silent. The world preaches their gospel every day. You have the truth. You have the life. You have the keys of the kingdom. Preach your gospel. Preach his gospel. Preach your story of Jesus in your life. I break the chains of fear. I break the intimidation, that spirit of Goliath, an intimidation that would try to silence you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I pray faith. I pray love. I pray great courage and boldness come upon you right now. And you begin to speak. You begin to speak in Jesus' name. In response to that, those words, in response to the prayer, in response to this message, I want to ask you if you would be willing, like Isaiah in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, he heard the Lord asking a question, whom would I send? Whom should I send as my messenger to the people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah's response was, here am I, send me. How many of you today would say to the Lord, here am I? send me. Put your hands up. Come on, church. This is not playing games. This is people's destinies. This is people's lives on the line. Here am I. Send me. I'm going to ask you to do something even more bold than that. 
I'm gonna ask you to come up to the altar here and put your hands up and tell the Lord at his altar that you're willing to open your mouth. If he will give you the words, if he will help the doors open, Lord, I am willing to start speaking again. I am willing to start sharing. I am willing. I may never have done this before. I may be nervous. I may be terrified, but I pray you give me eyes to see beyond that fear, beyond that intimidation and begin to speak and to share what the Lord has done for you. We all need these commissioning moments or otherwise we don't, we don't solidify it, you know what I mean? We just kind of hear it and we just kind of walk away and maybe you can't physically make it down, that's fine. If you need to fill the aisles, that's fine. But in your heart, I'm asking you to do something a little bit more than just say amen and be done. I'm asking you to present yourself before the Lord and to say, God, send me, open my mouth. Go ahead and just begin to tell him that you're willing. Here am I, send me, I'm willing to go. Pastor Josue is gonna lead us in a chorus and we're gonna sing about the goodness of God. You're gonna speak about the goodness of God. Go ahead. Say, I will sing, and I will sing of the goodness of God. Why don't we say, I will speak, I will speak of the goodness. Come on, church, say that again. I will speak of the goodness. I will speak of the goodness of God. Now, why don't we say, I will shout of the goodness. I will shout. Of the goodness, oh, 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 and I will shout all the goodness of God, and all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been faithful. Oh, yeah. All my life you have been so. Father, we present ourselves before the Lord. We present our mouth, we present our lives, and we thank you for our stories. We thank you for our stories. And God, we say yes. And we say like Isaiah, here we are, send us. It's time for Orlando to start hearing the real story of Jesus. 
It's time for Orlando and our communities and our homes, our brothers, our sisters, our coworkers to find out about Jesus. And that spirit of fear no longer controls this house, no longer controls our lives. We will speak to the last breath in our lungs. We will speak and we will shout of the goodness of God. We will share in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, would you just give the Lord a great celebration of praise? Hallelujah. Amen. Before you're seated, before you all move, I just wanna give people one opportunity today. Please stop right in the aisle, right where you are, because there may be individuals who've never given their hearts to Jesus and we wanna give you an opportunity. The Bible says that all of us has fallen short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And the Bible tells us how to do that. All who will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And so today, if you've never called on the name of the Lord Jesus to save you, let's do that today. You may say, Pastor Kevin, I don't remember a time in my life that I've ever asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. We're gonna do that right now. Or you say, I used to have a pretty thriving relationship with him, but if I'm honest, I've drifted away and I would like a fresh start. I'm gonna ask everyone to bow your head and close your eyes for the next 30 seconds. And if you're ready and willing to give your life to Jesus for the first time or to come home again, all I'm gonna ask you to do is when I count to three, raise your hand and I'm gonna lead you in a prayer right where you are and the Lord's gonna hear it and respond. And so today, if you need to get right with God on the count of three, just raise your hand, ready? One, two, three. If that's you, just put your hand up. One, two, three, four, five. Anybody else? Six, put it up. Seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Anybody else? 16, 17, 18, 19. Anybody else? Put it up. Put it up. 20. And God, if I didn't see it, God saw it. But would you please just with your heart surrender your life in a prayer after me? Let's all pray together so they're not praying by themselves. Dear God, I thank you that you see me just as I am. I realize that I've sinned and I've walked away from you. I receive Jesus Christ today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that he died for me and that he rose again. Please forgive me of my sin. Wash me, cleanse me, make me new. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Take every part of me now. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We hope you have been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person for our Sunday morning worship experience every Sunday at 10 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. There you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening. 